Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding national liberal arts college. And we try to get that done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this 12th edition of the 1853 podcast of Mama's 2018-19 school year, we'll learn about the Center for Civic and Social Change, which was announced earlier this week. We'll meet with some of the folks who are working on the upcoming performance of the romantic comedy play Almost Maine, and football coach Chad Braun will preview Saturday's big matchup up at St. Norbert College, which is for the Midwest Conference title. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Before we chat with this week's guest, some notes about upcoming events on campus and near the campus. A reminder that there is a show down at the Buchanan Center for the Arts that you don't want to miss. Through January 4, the BCA is exhibiting a show titled Harlow Bloom Retrospective, celebrating 60-plus years of creativity. As the show's title indicates, it features the works of Monmouth College Emeritus Professor of Art Harlow Bloom. The opening was held last Friday on November 2, and there was a very enthusiastic crowd down at the BCA. The show's been getting a lot of foot traffic, and there's more information about it on the BCA website, and that address is bcaarts.org. Later on in this podcast, we'll hear more about the next play that's going to be produced by the folks in Mama's very talented Department of Theater. It's John Cariani's delightful play, Almost Maine. It will be presented November 15 through the 18, and it will be performed down at the Fusion Theater, which is down on Main Street in downtown Monmouth. You can read more about the play on the Monmouth College website, and that address is, of course, monmouthcollege.edu. And on Monday, November 12, food and agriculture will be discussed at the third annual Wisville Robeson Lecture. Kim Kidwell, she's the dean at the University of Illinois College of Agriculture, Consumer, and Environmental Sciences, will speak about food and agriculture at 7 o'clock Monday evening, November 12, in the college's Dahl Chapel and Auditorium. Her talk is free and open to the public, and you can read more about it on the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu. Finally, if you're looking to make sense of this 2018 midterm elections, be sure to be on campus on Tuesday, November 27. That's when Amy Walter, she's the political editor of the Cook Political Report and a frequent contributor on public television, will give a talk on campus. She'll speak at 7 in the evening on November 27 in the Wells Theater. That talk is also free and open to the public in no small part, thanks to the support from the good folks at Mama's Security Savings Bank. This is the Mammoth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Mammoth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Earlier this week, Mammoth College announced the creation of the Center for Civic and Social Change, the center will bring together five of the college's dynamic and interdisciplinary minors and programs, and those are the Global Public Health Initiative, 
the Global Food Security Initiative, Peace, Ethics, and Social Justice Program, the Rural Schools Collaborative, and the Peace Corps Preparation Program. As political science professor Michael Nelson explains it, the Center for Civic and Social Change has a clear mission and a clear focus. So the purpose of the center is to empower our Monmouth College students uh, so that they can lead lives that are directed toward the betterment of societies and individual lives throughout the world. Um, We encourage them to pursue different lines of scholarship and service while they're here at Monmouth College in order to do that. Michael is one of the professors who helped create the Center for Civic and Social Change, As he says, it made sense to form the center out of the five programs because they share a common theme. Yeah, this combines several of our current minors as well as a couple of our pre-professional programs here at the college. And they're very exciting programs, and they're all really focused on how we can uh, improve the world. And I think it will be very exciting for our students to be a part of this center that will really combine all those existing resources and, and add some new resources to give them new opportunities to do. Uh, and we thought that creating this center would be a great way for us to bring together both the faculty involved in this as well as the students involved with this so that we could really uh, Uh, kind of act on the synergies that really exist between these different programs uh, and build something that collectively should be something better. And as Michael says, there's a lot of interest among today's college students to pursue a career that makes society and the world a better place. Absolutely, yeah. We find that a lot of students are really interested in making a difference here. Our most recent uh, addition to this initiative is the Peace Corps Preparation Program, And we have seen just an outpouring of support and interest from the students here. We had our launch program a few weeks ago, and the room was standing room only. Uh, We've seen every time we've had a a table up with, uh, you know, to advertise the program, we've had a line of students kind of uh, just there really interested and excited and trying to see how they can get involved. And, And I think the same is true for these other programs as well that are part of this center, that we have a lot of students here that are interested in making a difference. It's They're maybe not quite sure what way to do that yet. It's the rare student that knows how to do that. But we're here to help provide them with the, the, the paths that can help them channel those passions. Michael says that Mama's curriculum is ideally suited to support the Center for Civic and Social Change. Monmouth is the ideal place for this kind of program. The liberal arts program encourages us to think about not just our academics, not just our professions, but our broader lives and how these things interact. The, the liberal arts program here really helps us think about what we can do to be better citizens, both here in the United States and in our interactions with people across the world as well. Michael says that students who have a strong liberal arts education in college, along with an experience in an interdisciplinary program, such as the Center for Civic and Social Change, are very attractive when they enter the workforce. We find that employers really respect the kind of responsibility and maturity that is shown by students who do these kinds of programs that show that they're interested in making the world a better place and their communities a better place. Uh, When people come back from the Peace Corps, for instance, 
we find that employers are excited to hire them because they have had to exhibit a certain level of capability as well as responsibility in doing that kind of a program. So we do think that these programs will foster the kinds of skills and experiences that will be attractive to employers. Absolutely. That's Monmouth College political science professor Michael Nelson talking about the brand new Center for Civic and Social Change. You can read more about it in the news section of the Monmouth College website. And that address is monmouthcollege.edu slash news. John Cariani's charming and delightful play, Almost Maine, is the next production for the Monmouth Department of Theater. Set in the remote, mythical, almost town called Almost Maine, the romantic comedy explores the themes of love and loss. The action transpires in nine short plays, which are bookend with a prologue and an epilogue. Almost Maine will be performed November 15 through November 18 at the Fusion Theater, which is down on Main Street in downtown Monmouth. The short plays in Almost Maine will be directed by students in theater professor Vanessa Campagna's Principles of Directing class. Senior Billy Savage of Hickory Hills, Illinois, is directing several of the short plays in the production, and he also acts in one. Billy says he's looking forward to the production for a number of reasons. Um, it's been an interesting sort of experience. It's been nice seeing it from both perspectives, both as a director and as an actor. I am looking forward to seeing the scenes I'm directing uh, going in front of a live audience since this is my first time directing a show. It is sort of a new experience. It's a new sort of event and I'm really hoping that my vision can get across to the people who come and attend the show. Senior Miles Rose of Princeton, Illinois, has been involved with all three of the theater department's fall productions. He acted in the other two productions, and he's directing a couple of the stories in Almost Maine. Miles says that's required a lot of juggling and a lot of focus. Well, for one thing, it, it's definitely a way of, you know, testing your limits of st- stress and accountability and and having to make sure that you use your time very wisely not only in in memorizing lines and and remembering the blocking that you gave your actors and also the 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 the, uh, themes that you give your actors and the motivations within the text but also with the schoolwork especially because schoolwork of course is what we come here for as students in Monmouth but also we have to use that education in in within a time very wisely because you never know when time can truly eat you up and and get the best of you and and we also discussed uh in in a class saying that there are two ways of living life either in chaos or in a timely matter mm-hmm. and it's best to recommend people not to live in the chaos Theater professor Vanessa Campagna says that having students direct Almost Maine is an example of how Monmouth believes in what's known as embodied knowledge. That means taking what you learn from reading texts, from studying in the classroom, and then putting what you know into a real-life application. And that's what the students are doing. If you're taking Theater 377, Principles of Directing, it makes perfect sense to me and my fabulous colleagues that students would then direct as their final show. 
And theater is meant to be performed for a live audience, so doing a small-scale classroom project certainly has merit. We do that throughout the semester, but by the end of it, these students need the opportunity to see their work sitting in a house among paying audience members. Uh, That's a terrifying feeling sometimes, but to have the opportunity to see how your work holds up in front of an audience is really important. So as their instructor, I'm teaching them how to direct, giving them those essential tools, and then peeking into their rehearsal And giving feedback, this is what I'm seeing. Is that what you wanted me to see? Here are some neutral questions about the text that I think it would be wise for you to grapple with. Here are some really effective moments. Keep them, seize them. And here are a couple areas where I think you'd benefit from giving some time and attention. As Vanessa points out, one of the reasons Almost Maine is such an enjoyable play to watch is because it focuses on the age-old themes of relationships, and love. While predominantly the scenes are occupied by normative, cisgender, heterosexual, able-bodied characters, uh, we have moments where Cariani, the playwright, gives attention to love as universal and gives visibility to different people and the way they might love. And that's one of the really exciting things about this play. It's very easy to trivialize love and make it cliche. And this play has those moments, but we're really digging deep, if I can use that metaphor, to find the, the substance. That's Mama Theater Professor Vanessa Campagna. You also heard from students Miles Rose and Billy Savage, All three of those folks are involved in the upcoming production of the play Almost Maine. It's a wonderful play that's sure to warm your heart on these cold Midwest days and nights. And you can read more about Almost Maine on the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu. You can order tickets to see it on the theater department's website, and that address is monmouthcollege.edu slash theater, and that's theater spelled R-E. Before we get into this week's athletic segment, a reminder of the multitude of ways in which you can follow Monmouth College throughout the social media spectrum. The college's main Facebook page is facebook.com slash monmouthcollege. The college's main Twitter account is at Monmouth, and the college is on Instagram at Monmouth College. If you're on Snapchat, be sure to follow Monmouth on Snapchat at thisismonmouth. And for some great music, be sure to check out Monmouth College on Spotify. The Midwest Conference is the lone NCAA Division III conference with an actual football championship. And once again, the Midwest Conference football championship has come down to between Monmouth and St. Norbert College. This Saturday, the Fighting Scots travel north to St. Norbert for a 1 o'clock game, and the winner advances to this year's NCAA Division III playoffs. Yeah, for sure. You want to be playing meaningful games in November, and that's where we're at right now. And, and uh, you know, we're hoping to continue to play some more meaningful games in November, but, we you know, we got to obviously take care of business on Saturday. It's going to be a great challenge for us, and they're a great football program, and it's uh, – you know, going to be a great atmosphere up there. Their fans are really going to come out and support them, and so it's going to be a hostile environment. And and uh, you know, but hopefully we can keep this thing going. Both teams enter Saturday's game with an eight-one record. Since losing their season opener up at Wheaton College, 
Chad Braun's Fighting Scots have recorded eight consecutive wins. The Scots' defense has since then posted four shutouts, and overall in the last eight games, the Scots have outscored their opposition by a combined score of 331-41. to St. Norbert has been just as impressive. The Knights are on a seven-game win streak, and they have also recorded four shutouts this season. Since a 30-23 loss to Wisconsin-Eau Claire back on September 8th, the Knights have outscored their opposition by a margin of 269-52, and they've done it by using the triple option, which is not a formation the Scots have seen a lot over the years. Combined with a strong defense, Chad says that makes the Knights a very tough opponent. You know, they're really talented on defense, um, you know, uh, you know, do a great job uh, forcing a lot of turnovers, getting their offense a short field, um, re- really, really stout defensively, um, give you a lot of different looks, um, you know, really tough to prepare for from an offensive standpoint. Defensively, um, they've, sh- they've shifted gears. They've gone to a triple option, um, you know, offense out of the shotgun, which is, you know, unique and different, something that, you know, we haven't seen all year. Um, and so it's going to be difficult for our guys to prepare for. Chad says the triple option presents a lot of challenges for defenses. You know, it's it, it all comes down to assignment football. You know, each guy's got a job to do on each given play. And, um, you know, where you get messed up is when, you know, you're supposed to do one thing and you, and, and you try and, you know, make a play instead of just do your job, you know. Um, and that's where you can get in trouble against the triple option. One guy doesn't do his job, then it can be six points, you know. So, um, our guys just got to focus on, you know, their job, doing their job. And if everyone does their job, then, you know, we're going to have good success on Saturday. Chad says his Scots have shown a great deal of improvement since their season opener on the road up at Wheaton College back in early September. You go up to Wheaton week one and, and you know, we get, you know, um, we compete really well. And a, a lot of people probably saw the score and they say, you know, you, know, you got to be 32 to 7 and, you know, the Scots are, are done and, you know, and, um, you know, I didn't see that out of our football program when we went up there. I saw a team that competed for four quarters. I saw a lot of good things out of our guys, um, and I knew what I, what we had right then. A lot of a lot of naysayers and doubters, you know, with the number thirteen team in the country coming in next week. But I really believed in our football program after that game, and and I really thought we were going to have a, a a really special season. And and um, you know, the big I think the big answer was coming back next week and winning that game against Warburg. I think that really just um, gave our team a lot of confidence, a lot of belief in, in who they were and kind of validated, you know, the team that we thought we were coming into camp. Uh, Chad says he's especially proud of how Mama's defense has grown up this season, led by its star number two at linebacker, Thomas Lesniewski. He became the Scots' all-time sacks leader last week in the Scots' 20th straight win over Knox College. We expected, you know, uh, to go through some growing pains early in the year with our secondary, and we did. You know, I mean, we faced two really, really good passing offenses the the first two weeks, and we went through some growing pains. and And those guys have matured now. That you know, they got nine games under their belt. They're 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 no longer young guys out there playing. They're experienced guys, and experience is the greatest teacher. And and um, you know, it's been fun to see the growth. But obviously. You know, uh, number two makes their job uh, very easy, you know, in the secondary when he can get the pressure that he gets up front. And, and you know, Levi's really had a, a fantastic year for us. And Lamar and Josh Pershaw and Drew Thaxton and Brad Buckner, a lot of guys up front that have really um, helped that second, that young secondary come along. 
Although the winner of Saturday's game will receive an automatic berth in the NCAA Division III playoffs, Chad says that in some ways, much of the season this year has felt like the playoffs. The way D3 works for the most part anyways, you're, you're in a one-game playoff each and every week. You know, um, our setup's a little different in the fact that um, you know, non-conference, we were able to go out and play two really, really good non-conference opponents. Um, and you know, that loss to Wheaton really didn't kill us, you know, um, but, uh, you know, and the win over Warburg's definitely helped us, but, um, you know, then we got the two Northern division games, but once you hit that Southern division, you lose a game in the South, you know, you no longer control your destiny. So it's been a, you know, five game, five, one game playoff uh, here for us for the last five weeks and same thing with Norbert on that side and now it all comes down to this this final one. That's Monmouth football coach Chad Braun. His Scots travel to St. Norbert for a one o'clock game on Saturday. If you can't make it to the game you can listen to it over WRAM which is 1330 on your AM dial. You can also hear the game online by pointing your browser to 977WMOI.com. Don't forget, your official home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related is MammothScots.com. And don't forget to follow Mammoth College Athletics on Twitter. You can do that at MC Fighting Scots. You can follow Mammoth College on football on Twitter at Scots Gridiron. And you can follow head coach Chad Braun on Twitter at MC Brawny Boy. Looking ahead to next week's 1853 podcast, we'll hear from this year's Wissville Robeson lecturer, Robert Hink of the college's communication department. will talk about some of his exciting research and we'll check in as we do every week with the friendly folks over at the Huff Athletic Center to see what's happening in Monmouth College Athletics. And that's going to be a 30 for this 12th edition of the Monmouth 1853 podcast of the 2018-19 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day. <music>